0: Listener production.
1: Do you ever feel like you're stereotyped because you're a mom?
0: The reality is that with having a baby, being a mother, that there's more uh, ups and downs and messiness than there is that, you know, than the image that is portrayed. And that does not take away from
2: the beauty of it. And everything that we do, where our goal is to just remove the shame from any experience that we're kind of taught to have shame around in our society and help people realize that true beauty and their power is in sharing their full selves and their messy selves with the world.
1: Today on Feed, Play, Love, an incredible mother and daughter duo uncovering the many layers of parenthood through their YouTube series, Style Like You. Feed, Play, Love with Siobhan Hunt. Lily Mandelbaum and Elisa Goodkind are the daughter-mother duo behind the incredible YouTube channel, Style Like You. Each video starts with an individual, often fabulously dressed, and the question, what does your style say about you? By literally stripping down, subjects lay themselves bare emotionally, and the results are raw, beautiful and affirming. Lily and Elisa have done a special series that I think anyone who has been through birth and postpartum will love. Lily and Elisa, welcome to Feed Play Love.
0: Thank you. Thank you for having that us. That was a lovely introduction. And thank you for all your very kind words about our work.
1: We oh, I love I love your channel. This is such a great opportunity to have you on the show. And for those that aren't familiar with your channel, and they will be going there straight after this interview, I'm sure. But how did you come up with this idea? It's so fabulous. How did you come up with it?
2: Um, Well, my mom was a fashion editor and stylist in the fashion industry for over 25 years, starting in the 80s, and increasingly grew disillusioned with how it had sort of transformed from this hub of um, outcasts and authenticity and creativity and bottom-up self-expression to this sort of marketing machine that had become a place that was um, more often than not about exploiting people's insecurities in order to sell products and make just tons of money. And she felt creatively stifled and sort of not aligned with that whole shift, um, circa like the early 2000s. And I had struggled a lot with my body image growing up as a consumer of that kind of media landscape. So we both had our sort of frustrations with fashion and beauty media, her from inside the industry and me from just a consumer standpoint. But we both shared this passion for people watching and for people that just like really made your head turn when they when you saw them on the street for how they dressed and how it was such a clear sign that they were marching to the beat of their own drum and being an individual and sort of not actually buying into the ideals that were being portrayed in media, the limited ideals of how you should look and dress and act. And um, those were the kinds of people that really inspired us. And so we were sort of starting to realize that there was a difference between style and and what fashion was sort of saying style was or what, yeah, what was being shown in magazines and that authentic personal style was something that was much deeper than we were being taught and more soulful and was about like owning who you are from the inside out. And we wanted to create a platform that celebrated those kinds of people and helped empower people to find that same like freedom and comfort in their own skin. And then that's how we started our platform style like you in general. And then that led us like years later to start our our video series, What's Underneath, which is what you know we're the most known for now and and that, and that you that we did the postpartum series for Elisa, what do you think it is about
1: fashion and style that taps into the most vulnerable and truthful part of your guests, do you think?
0: Oh yeah, well, I think that when the people that we feature um, and the people that we're really obsessed with, um, and this also comes from a very personal place for me as well, have been in some way marginalized or overlooked or erased in some way. And that erasure created them to have to know themselves in a much deeper way and to get and to really believe in themselves um, in a much deeper way and to not. Uh, you know the choice really is to throw your power away to the outside world that 's telling you that you 're not enough or that you're you don 't have value because you are different in some way, you know whether it 's as simple as being sensitive or passionate or whether it 's you know racism or uh, you know being curvy or being older or all the various things that we 're told are wrong with us. Um, And so this, you know, it's just, it it has, it's their style, their fashion, their self-expression has become inextricably linked to their essence and to making sure that they will not be overlooked, that they are, you know, that they are seen for exactly who they are without having to say a word.
1: You both at the beginning put yourselves in front of the camera, the same way you ask your guests to do. and. In terms of media, that's not something that we often see because it's, you know, the person directing or interviewing is always behind the camera and we're always asking for more from our guests than we are from ourselves. I'm wondering what that experience was like for you when you had to put yourselves in front of the camera and be vulnerable that way. And I might start with you on that one, Lily, because just looking back, it did seem that you were a little bit. Uh, uncomfortable trying that out
2: um well yeah I'm real. yeah so we've done it twice now first we did it in 2014 when we first started the what's underneath series and so yeah then I was really nervous and I mean we always wanted to do it because we felt like so honored that all these people were trusting us with their stories and with their vulnerabilities and felt like we you know, wanted to like walk the walk as well. Um, but it was, yeah, terrifying. At for, well, for many reasons, for me, it was both scary, because I've, I'm kind of like, I was shot, like pretty shy growing up. And so like, just, and scared of people judging me. So being vulnerable in that way was scary emotionally um, at the time. But then also, I was still like, in the a little bit more of like a nascent phase of my own like body acceptance journey that that I've been on in create, like, you know, creating this series has been, has healed me or been a big part of my healing. And I was still at the beginning of that. So it was, it was also a step in that direction for me to like reveal my body in that way. Yeah. But it was cool because then my mom and I did it again together last year. And um, that was cool because it was so much less, you know, in every way scary and it was fun more. Yeah. It was just fun because then it was a cool kind of like full circle moment to see how much growth yeah, has occurred as a result of all of this work and all of this, the people that we've met and, you know, the ways that they've inspired me and helped me heal to be more like fully expressed and accepting of who I am. So, yeah.
1: Elisa, what was it like for you? You're coming at it again from a different place, obviously.
0: Well, when I did it by myself the first time, the hardest part for me was deciding what I was going to wear. That was the hardest part. It wasn't. <laughs> it wasn't the only because they're so evergreen and self-expression is such a very very important part of my mental health and well-being and healing. So picking that very precise thing was uh, the big, the most stressful part for me. Speaking honestly and vulnerably is not hard for me. I like, I like to do that. And as far as doing it together, it it really was in uh, a very, a big milestone for me because I have come to a place with my own self-awareness and the enormous amount of work that I've done in myself, both through my work, which has been very healing for me also, but also, you know, many, many different things that I do for healing. And I have come to a place where being I'm um, not always and not fully but you know for the most part and, and and more than I've ever been before defenseless and feeling just kind of cool with what has happened and and giving Lily the platform to speak honestly to me publicly was a very freeing and cathartic experience for me to be able to do what was maybe not done for me um, and, and to make strides and steps and uh, to breaking chains, you know, generational chains and uh, by just getting it all out there was, you know, something that I was very excited to be able to do. So that, you know, it, it was just an, a really great opportunity basically.
1: Not all mothers and daughters could work together, but you guys have been doing this for such a long time. What have you learned about the other by working together? Lily, do you want to go first?
2: I mean, it's hard to like distinguish like what I've learned because it's like, it's my whole adult life. I've been working with my mom. So I've just learned so much, obviously just like, it's hard to distinguish what is what I learned just by being an adult. Like, I mean, I've learned that we like share, we have this shared vision and, and like connection to the people that is like, uh, uh, that we interview, that is kind of like, it's just like the same, like we're like the same person in that way. But then we're also so different in so many other ways that like create mostly like a good working relationship as far as like we complement each other's strengths. And if we're both in balance, like, We make a really good team. And if one of us is driving the show a little too much than the other one, like then we can be off balance. Like my mom is so much more spontaneous than me. She's so much more disorganized, but in a way that like can get so much done faster. And I'm so much more like planner and organized. (laughs) And so like, if it was up to her, it'd be like chaotic and, but like so much would be happening. But if it was up to me and if it was up to me, everything would be organized, but maybe moving too slow. And if you put us together, it's at the right pace and like, and has some structure to it and is, yeah. So we really, we push and challenge each other in a lot of ways. And like, and, and we're our best when we're like both kind of like meeting in the middle and what keeps it working is sort of like the fact that we both are very, are very much like people that strive to grow and look at ourselves and be honest with ourselves. So we're constantly doing that within this and I think it helps um and you know like we've had different phases or we've had to have different kinds of boundaries and we try you know we're like we're always really open with each other and
1: Alisa, what about for you what has this process been like working with your daughter
0: well I think that really it's just I feel as a parent you are always um it is a covenant to always be growing to always be looking at yourself, to not be a victim, to always see where you can see yourself more clearly, where you can take responsibility and accountability for your actions, um, where things might be not going smoothly, and also to be an example because i don 't think you're ever you can ever wash your hands of being in that role, you always can grow, you always can be a better person, you always can face things. In a more honest way, in a way that is a better role model for your kids to follow, and you can't really ask your kids to do something that you're not doing. So I just think that this is, you know, we I would have done this anyway, uh, whether we were doing it within this or without this. So it's just been maybe a little extra pressure.
1: <laughs> but you've given the world such an incredible gift in doing it. So thank you, <laughs> well, both works. of you, for doing that thank hard you. work. Mm-hmm. So Lily, if we can go to the postpartum and childbirth series, how did that come about? And I mean, I've I've watched it and I think it's a, in, exactly what you say. It's a continuation of the other work you have done, but it is particularly beautiful. I find as a, a mother, what made this series come about?
2: Honestly, it was a conversation with my one of my best friends who's like a doula and works in, in birthing. Yeah. And postpartum as a therapist. And yeah, we were just talking one day and she like, yeah, just kind of suggested that this idea and was like, just coming up with all of these different kinds of stories that she feels aren't really told. And that like, could be such a powerful, that what's underneath could be such a powerful lens for shining light on. And so yeah, we just kind of like got inspired one day (laughs) and uh, that's, and then it happened. Yeah. Just like I was learning a lot from her about just like kind of underrepresented experiences in, in postpartum and birth. I, I really, I was not like a personal area of expertise of mine, but I was inspired when I was hearing her share about it. And then, yeah, so we, and we just always, it's always fun for us to use the lens of what's underneath to kind of like tackle a an issue in society and from many different perspectives or so. So it was fun for us to learn about many different kinds of people and experiences in within birth and postpartum under this like one sort of democratic like platform or community um so whether it's like a trans dad who gave birth or or like a surrogacy story that's not really told that often or uh stillbirth or reproductive justice issues like when it comes to race like we just wanted to kind of try to find as many different stories that had not been given a light that deserve it and show the beauty in all these people that have gone through so much. So, You
1: have some incredible, well, all of the people you have on are incredible and I'm always taken aback by the scope of that you get to cover in the people you invite on. And I'm wondering, I mean, you mentioned there one of the uh, interviews you guys did with Danny Wakefield, the Mm -hmm. trans dad. I just want to play a bit from that interview. I gave birth to Wilder at home, but I also gave birth to myself. Wilder's birth was so calm and grounding and beautiful and powerful that it really showed me what I'm capable of. Now, I know as a a journalist, as a producer, that you don't get those kinds of insights and comments from people when you just talk to them for five minutes, I'm wondering how you create such a safe space for people that they can feel, it seems like in these interviews, people get to a place where they can celebrate who they are, but still be self-reflective, be vulnerable, talk about their pain. These are all really hard things for people to express To their most intimate friend or partner, let alone to a camera and to two people, how do you get to that place?
2: Um, Well, we take a lot of time with the people we interview. We're interviewing people for usually like two, at least two hours, if sometimes three. Which we're trying to not make it three, but because it's hard, it's hard for editing. (laughs) But but we really, yeah, we we take our time so that we're not you know, it's a really organic unfolding. And then there's also something about the format of like the sl- the undressing that's going on slowly as they're kind of getting more, revealing more and more emotionally that just sort of like really beautifully like weaves together. But I think the, I mean, the answer to your question, like most simply, is just that like my mom and I just genuinely see the beauty in these people, see the beauty in, their light and dark sides see and like are really in touch with our own like shadow sides. So I think, yeah, I think they can just feel that genuine connection with us and we just, yeah. And like lack of judgment. And I think that just creates, yeah, creates that result. Just so we're just.
0: And the interview is what, what gets cut out is that it's there's a lot of exchange and conversation. So they between us, And that our side of it, a lot of that gets cut out, but we we are very careful with and intentional about their understanding how much we understand them for our own personal reasons. And so there's a lot of, you know, it's unusual that way that the dialogue back and forth, it's not just us asking them questions, but we also share ourselves.
1: And how much, I mean, I'm not a psychologist, but it sounds like that the process, and I think you touched on this before, Elisa, is almost like not therapy, but it feels very healing. And the process itself seems to always have some incredible resolution of a type. I mean, is that something you found in the experience?
0: Yes, it's very liberating. It's very liberating. It's exhausting to cover up. It's liberating to to tell the truth and to just be yourself. It just it just frees you up, and to
1: be accepted for that.
0: Yeah, and to be accepted for that, and 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 to be seen, to feel safe, to be seen, to be heard. That's all that anybody needs. That's all anybody needs to be their, to, their to be to be in their power.
1: Within that series. Were there any moments for either of you where you were struck or lost for words Hmm. or felt a certain resonance? Was there anything like that in that particular series?
2: I mean, I think Rachel's story, Mom, right? Rachel Swift is a woman who experienced a stillbirth and of her first pregnancy, in her first pregnancy. And, yeah, just... The place she went in that, in our interview, how real she was about that experience and her pain around it. And yet how she continued on to like get pregnant again and have another two, two children. Yeah. And just the way she honors her son who passed away and just the way she's like refuses to like hush, hush and be ashamed about talking about that. And just the way she's challenging death and our taboos around death and- Yeah, it was. Yeah, we were at a loss for words from for that one for sure.
0: Her bravery, sometime in that case, and sometimes I do feel, I what I feel like when I'm around someone like her, and her bravery to be so honest is, I feel like I'm touching a force, you know, like the force that is inside of all of us that we aren't always aware of, or that we're afraid of, or that we don't take the time to be in touch with, or that we don't honor. I don't know. It's just, it's so uplifting when you are around someone who is that powerful, because it's just showing, you know, and mirroring your, your own potential to be that powerful, just in the pure vulnerability, just in the pure honesty, like you just, you feel that you know the love you just feel love it's like this just such a pure uplifting feeling and to be able to experience that in the midst of such a sad what the whole world wants to like not talk about or sad things we don't talk about but I think what we're showing in all of our videos um, over and over and over again and particularly in that story is that the joy comes out of the sadness and that there's no part of us that isn't beautiful and there's no part of us that isn't love there's no part of us, you know there's no there's one thing over the other is not more beautiful one part of us over the other part of us and I think when you are experiencing that and when you are around that you feel the power of that so deeply and it's very exciting as to the potential that you have within yourself
1: well um I could just talk to you all day all night (laughs) i know i don't have that leeway Mm -hmm. thank you both for the content you create and thank you so much for taking the time to speak with me today thank you
0: so much oh thank you so much for having us and for being such a kind and caring supporter we really we really appreciate it
1: that's lily mandelbaum and elisa goodkind they are from style like you and i will put a link to their youtube channel in the notes of this episode you absolutely have to go and have a watch I hope you enjoyed this episode of Feed, Play, Love, a listener original podcast. If there's something you'd like to learn more about, email me at feedplaylove at sca.com.au. I'd love to hear from you. For more great kids and parenting podcasts, check out the Listener app and don't forget to follow us. I'm Siobhan Hunt. See you next time.